Hi, welcome to LifePoint Youth Online. My name is Josh. I'm the youth pastor here at LifePoint Church in Prescott Valley, Arizona. It is so awesome to be with you tonight and to connect with you uh, on this premiere video. Man, we are so excited for what God is doing in this season. And I know it's crazy. I know it's insane. But I am actually extremely excited. I was uh, happy and thrilled with the engagement that we had last week as we concluded our Song of Solomon series. That was the conclusion of a two-month um, uh, book study, man. It was, it was awesome. Really enjoyed that time. And, uh, but now, as, before we move into a new series, I would like to just take some time to address the elephant in the room. We had Pastor Mike this past week, uh, this past Sunday, uh, talk about uh, Jesus being the calm in the middle of the chaos. We talked about his sovereignty over nature, his ability to, to command the wind and the waves. And man, that's the same God that is in our situation right now. Uh, I would like to, to kind of address something similar, but from a different angle. Um, so uh, if, if you would uh, open up a new window, maybe pull out your phone or maybe one of, uh, one of these. I know, I know it's crazy to, to maybe hold one of these, but a real actual physical Bible. Uh, and pull that out and turn with me to John chapter 11. Um, and, and, and as you are doing that, man, I would just like to share a, a, a story um, with you. Uh, when I was a junior in college, I, uh, I had already completed two years at Evangel, and this junior, my junior year was actually split between a community college in Kentucky, where I'm from, and it was going to be, I was going to transfer out of Evangel, go to this school in Kentucky, and then transfer back into Evangel. Um, I had planned it and, and, and prepared it to be that way so I could save money if need be. And that's how I did it. And, and I was ready to go. Uh, I had everything done. I was at the, the end of the semester. I was ready to come back to Evangel. I was missing my family over there so much. Uh, I had made sure that everything was finished. Everything was, was completely done. I had crossed my T's, dotted my I's. I was ready to go. And then about 48 hours before I left, I got two calls, one from my academic advisor and one from my admissions counselor. And they were like, hey, buddy, there's still some work to be done. And I was like, there is no way. There is no way that I still have more to do. And it was big stuff. I had to make sure that my uh, shots and, and uh, vaccinations and, th and things like that were, uh, were up to date and in the evangel system. I had to make sure that my schedule was being crafted and made. Uh, I, I, there was a ton of big, big stuff that I had to get done. And um, obviously being that close, uh, there was nothing more that I could do after, after doing all of that, rushing to get that stuff done. I actually drove in my car seven hours from Kentucky to Missouri, still making phone calls. Please don't do that if you're a teenager. Please don't, don't, don't be on your phone and, and drive, especially on interstates. It's not a fun idea. And, and it was stressful for me. Uh, I had to make phone calls. I had to get stuff ready to go. I had my entire room packed up and ready to go, yet, yet. I didn't know if I was going to be sleeping on campus that night. Luckily, I have some friends in Springfield who would have taken care of me had it come to that. Shout out to Eddie and Brian. Love you guys. I knew that I would be uh, taken care of, but man, I was, I was frustrated. 
in that moment. That drive was a frustrating drive for me, uh, making those phone calls and t having those conversations. I was frustrated with my uh, advisors that, that they didn't inform me that I needed to do stuff. I was, in, I was frustrated with myself that I didn't take the initiative to check in on that kind of stuff. But ultimately, I was frustrated with God. I was really upset and I felt like he was ignoring my situation. But what I realized is that God was patiently waiting for, for the situation to become impossible so that he could work. And, and I look back at it now, almost a year graduated, and, and I see how big of a, of, of a faith builder that was for me, how much that built my faith up. And as, as you guys are, are, are looking at that situation, uh, maybe you can relate to it, something similar. Uh, as, you, as you guys are looking at uh, John, maybe you're already reading the subheading and you know the story, please bear with me. I'd like to just share a little bit about John, uh, the book, the entirety of the book. And that is th that the Gospel of John, and this is important, it deals with the divinity of Jesus. It is demonstrations and illustrations that Jesus was in fact the Son of God. Many people believe, many scholars believe that it was written from 90 to 100 A.D., so a long time ago. And although there are scholars who date it much earlier, even as, right, as early as when Jesus ascended, John actually running and grabbing whatever they used to document and, and, and pinning this entire book right after. This is also where you can find other miracles, such as the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus walking on water, as well as the healing of the blind man. So we see a ton of this. And if you are looking at that subheading, you see that this is the story of the death and the resurrection of Lazarus. The death and the resurrection of Lazarus. And, and this, is, this account right here that we find in chapter 11 is arguably his greatest miracle to date in the narrative. He performed it to grow the faith around those around him. Um, and when, this is what I want you guys to, to grab and hold on to. Keep at the forefront of your mind as we have this discussion. I want you guys to know that when we truly trust in the power of Jesus, nothing, nothing is impossible. And that's an encouraging word. So where do we find it? Where do we start this chapter out? We see that Lazarus is deathly sick. We see that he is so ill that, that Mary and Martha, his sisters, go to Jesus and send for Jesus because they're all, they've all been friends and they're all, uh, they're all really close. So they say, hey, we know who Jesus is and we know that we can go to him and he's going to heal our brother and we're going to be fine. And so they go and they send for him and then uh, Jesus actually hears the news that Lazarus is sick and then he waits two more days. Then he said, let's go back uh, to, to Judea. And, and the, the, the disciples are like, wait a minute, hold on. These guys just tried to stone you. They kicked us out of the city. I don't want to go back there. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus says in verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees this by his world's light. I want you guys to check this out. Jesus heard that he was sick. And he knew what was going to happen, that Lazarus was eventually going to die. But Jesus chose to wait two more days. And the sisters, like I said before, they assumed that because Jesus knew and loved Lazarus, he would ultimately come. The word Jesus uses for friend 
in, in, this, in this section, as you guys are reading, uh, you see that he calls him a friend. It means beloved. Beloved. Jesus really cared about Lazarus. However, and this is the weird part because he's calling him a beloved friend, yet he chooses to wait two more days and actually to the point that Lazarus dies. But it was actually intentional. See, Jesus was being obedient to the Father because Jesus knew he was going to take a bad situation, make the situation worse, allow it to get worse, and then he was going to work it out for the good of those around him. Jesus knew that Lazarus was already dead, for he knew that the Father had a plan. And that's what I think is so cool, that God knows the situation that we're in, just like he knew, just how Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to die, that he was dead. And, and, and I think that's so encouraging for us because as there's things that we pray for, as there's things that we walk through, as there's difficult seasons, we're walking through it right now. I mean, the social distancing and the crazy ordinances and things like that, man, it is difficult to be in this time. And a lot of us look at this and we go, okay, okay, it's been two weeks now. It's been three weeks now for, for those of us who were paying attention in China, it's been three months, like, okay, we're done, let's move past this. But God is working something in the midst of all of this that is only in his timing. We have to hold on to that. You see, uh, when I was in middle school, I used to play football, and I know that's hard to believe because I'm so, yeah, not muscly, I'm not, yeah, whatever. I, don't make fun of me. I understand, I wear it well, I'm confident, whatever. Anyway, I played football in, in middle school, and uh, actually it's the only time I ever broke anything was in football. The coach, I was, I was 97 pounds at this time, and the coach looks at me and he goes, Seton, you're going to go ahead and run the ball. And now, now listen, I, uh, I know this is hard to believe, I was a 90-pound lineman, uh, I could smack anybody and just move them off of the line, even though I was tiny. Believe me, I, I know it's crazy. I was 90 pounds, but I was a lineman. Yeah, sure. So when I heard, hey, Josh, we want you to run the ball, I'm like, oh, bet. This is awesome. This is going to be great. So they lined me up, and it was like a double reverse. Like, it was never going to work. There was nothing that was going to work in this. And, and, and so we run the play, and I get tackled by one guy. And then a second guy, and then a third guy, and then a fourth guy. I had eight people on top of me, and I heard, <coughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, they were all getting off the pile and everything, and I tried pushing up on my arms. I didn't, didn't know anything. I just heard something. And I tried pushing up, and I realized I can't. This, was, this arm was shaking. And I look at it, and it was just limp, completely limp. And he goes, Seton, why aren't you getting up? And I just kind of handed my arm like this. He's like, oh, man, he broke his arm. So, uh, so they called my brother. And my brother thought it was hilarious, so he wasn't a help at all. Uh, shout out to Tyler. Um, yeah. So he didn't help at all. Uh, he, get them, he, he got them my, uh, my parents' information because they were gone. They were actually grocery shopping. And um, this is the thing that happened. They were finishing their grocery shopping while I was sitting with a broken arm. And um, they were actually finished bagging. My mom would be very upset if I didn't 
tell the story the right way. They were actually finished with their bagging, so they weren't about to like leave, you know. I was only sitting there with a broken arm, and they put a cardboard box uh, sling around with duct tape. Like, it was ghetto as all get out. And um, so they finished their grocery uh, uh, packing. They were already in the line. They were ready to go. And what they did is they picked me up, and then they switched cars, and my mom unloaded the groceries while my dad took me to the hospital. Uh, so that I could get everything uh, fixed and set and all that stuff. The point of that story is, if you're sitting there with a broken arm, you just put yourself in my shoes, right? If you're sitting there with a broken arm, and you have a duct tape sling with cardboard, you're looking at that situation going, why are you still in the line at the grocery store? You should drop everything and come to me immediately. I'm your firstborn child. Like, come on. Like, that is... Like, that's my thought process there. But in reality, I didn't understand the situation. I didn't know how important it was when you have $150 worth of groceries to finish in that line. Like, that was an important thing that they needed to finish. Now, they called a couple bag boys, and they had, it, they had the situation figured out. But I think sometimes we get so impatient with God not moving in our situation that we forget that he has the awareness of the situation. We forget that he already knows what's happening. He already understands it. And on top of it, he knows what's going to happen. He knows the future. He knows the fact that we are going to be okay coming out of it. So just know that God knows the situation that you're in. And whatever you're holding on to, whether that's a healing, whether that's a broken relationship, anything. And in the midst of this, this COVID-19 crisis that we're in, this pandemic, I want you guys to just know God knows the situation. He's in control of the situation and he's going to work it out for the good. Um, as, as you read on in this, um, in this chapter, we see that Jesus comes in and he is talking now with Mary and Martha. He finally decides to come up and to interact with them and to talk with them. But they are really upset, obviously so. They're like, wait a minute. You knew and you decided to come late and you let him die? Like, this is ridiculous. What are you thinking? And Mary and Martha are really, really upset. Jesus offers comfort to Mary and Martha in verse 25, and we're going to read all the way to 34. This is what he says. He says, Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. In verse 28, and after she said this, she said back, she went and called uh, back her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and she went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to go to the tomb to mourn there. In verse 32, when Mary reached to the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had came along, he was deeply moved in the spirit and was troubled. What have you, where have you laid him? 
he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And this is where you get verse 35, shortest verse in the entire Bible. Jesus wept. You see, when Jesus is conversing with Martha after they've come to confront him, he says the fifth of his great I am revelations. That the book of John is just riddled with these revelations. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. How many people have ever heard that before? That I am the resurrection and I am the life. And see, when Jesus had saw that all of the Jews and Martha were weeping, the Greek word for, uh, for weeping uh, that Jesus had in verse 35 is to groan or to anger. Some believe that Jesus was angered with the people's unbelief. But it doesn't seem to fit here. It seems more likely that Jesus was angry at Satan and his tyranny of sin that brought death and sorrow to his friends. Jesus' Jesus's weeping used a different word. It uses more of an angry cry. How many people have ever angry cried before? It's likely due to his anger at the consequences of sin. Those consequences ultimately leading to death. That was never part of the plan. But see, Jesus reminds Martha what he told her earlier and she remembered and then she focused on the glory of God rather than her dead brother, rather than the situation. Martha decided to believe. And then we see later on uh, at, the, uh, at the end of this, this story uh, in verses 38 to the end of uh, in 44, we see, we see something incredible here. We see Jesus simply saying, Lazarus, come, come out. Augustine uh, is a commentator. And there, there's a, an amazing commentary by him. If, it's all you have to do. Augustine, commentary. That's it. And it's an amazing thing. This is a really cool point that he made that I just love listening to and meditating on. If Jesus hadn't been specific about saying, Lazarus, come forth. Every single person in, that, in those tombs, of course, they did mass burials like that. And every single, one, uh, every single person in that tomb would have came out had he just said, come forth. Had he just commanded life to come. I mean, that is incredible. The power of God in that situation. You see, any, any, any inkling of belief in Jesus, any sort of inkling of belief in God is going to unlock those breakthrough miracles that we all want and need and desire, the things that we're praying for across our country, the things that we're praying for and seeing in our communities. You see, all it takes is just a little bit of faith, just a little bit of faith in Jesus to change a situation. Because once we do that, we allow ourselves to step aside so that Jesus can step in and speak to the situation that we have. You see, if Jesus waiting waiting to see if Martha had faith. And as soon as he did, that's when it unlocked the miracle. That's when it unlocked what she ultimately wanted, which was her brother back. You see, his timing was better because it showed the glory and the power of God to everyone watching. See, it's awesome when somebody who's sick gets healed. It's amazing. I think we should always celebrate that. Don't get me wrong here. But just think, if you had someone who you loved actually pass away and Jesus was able to step in the situation and to raise them from the dead, that would be incredible. 
way, way more people would listen to that story as opposed to I had a head cold and Jesus came and touched me and now I don't have a head cold. This dude had not just been dead. Like it wasn't like his body was fresh. He had been dead for four days. So he's probably coming out of that, that tomb stinking. You know what I mean? Like I'm just saying that's the, that's the thing. But God, and this is what I want us to, to, to really understand. God has reasons and timing for everything. And we have to trust in him that he's going to answer our prayers. You see, the truth is that, in, uh, that, in, that in, uh, it's the same in Jeremiah. Jeremiah says that by his stripes we are healed. And we can believe that and walk in that kind of faith. And if we can do that, Jesus can step into a situation and begin to work miracles. And so I, I, I think uh, as we're concluding, there's this story um, in one of my favorite movies. Uh, there's this scene in Infinity War, uh, Avengers. I'm a huge Marvel fan. If you know me, you know I love superheroes. I love comic book movies of all kinds. But in Infinity War, what happens? At the Battle of Wakanda, Thor has been crafting Stormbreaker from the very beginning. He gets whooped by Thanos at the very beginning. And then at the end, he spends this entire movie, his entire arc is crafting Stormbreaker, which was an extremely powerful weapon that gives them the edge. And if he would have came out without Stormbreaker, it would have made an awesome entrance the way that he did. I don't know if you guys remember him coming in and just wiping fools in the Battle of Wakanda. It wouldn't have made of awesome interest, and it also wouldn't be the weapon that killed Thanos. Of course, we see, we see there, it really didn't matter. Uh, we see that he snaps anyway, whatever. But ultimately, Stormbreaker uh, does that in Endgame. And the last time I preached this message, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was just like you. Anyway, anyway, I, all right, I'm done with, with, with Star, uh, Star Wars, with Avengers. Uh, talking about that, I just, I just think it's awesome to know that you can spend your entire movie, you can spend this entire time waiting for God and you can hold on to the fact that he's going to come in with that stormbreaker ready to whoop some fools and he's going to come and fight on your behalf. You see, I, even when it seems like it's over and even when it seems like everything is done, when we have Jesus in our ring, it is never over. You guys know the saying, it's not over till the fat lady sings? Well, it's not over until God says that it's over. So I think this is the encouragement that we have in this season. We have to keep on fighting until our victory is won. Because God does things in his own timing for reasons that we don't understand. Jesus made the lame walk. He made the blind see. He made the dead live again. That is the Holy Spirit that we have inside of us. And it, 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 what that means is that there's no financial situation. I know some people are losing their jobs. I know some people are getting laid off. No relationship struggle. I know some people are really, really re just reeling on the fact that they can't go and hang out with friends, that they can't go and be with people. They can't come to youth group the way that they normally do. And this is the cool thing. No disease, no physical disability. There's nothing that Jesus cannot step into the situation and fix. I think that that is just so encouraging to know that we have a God on our side who is working in his own timing, ready and waiting in the wing for people to just simply have faith in him. So instead of looking at the situations 
that, that we have personally. I would like to just call for us to look collectively at the situation that we're facing. This COVID-19 coronavirus that is decimating so many people. Man, I believe that if we could just raise up people, students, parents like yourselves to raise up in prayer and faith, we could see a monumental shift in how this thing has been attacked. Man, I, I keep talking about this with friends and family. This is the perfect opportunity for the church to really take that sphere of leadership and to run forward with it. I get excited just thinking about it. If you can't tell, man, it is incredibly exciting to me that in the midst of all the chaos, amidst of all the, the things that we look at and we go, this situation's crazy. This situation is insane. We look at this situation and we might see all of the people uh, affected by it. We might see this situation as being completely overrun. We can't deal with it. We can't take it anymore. Let me tell you something. The same God who heals the sick, raises the dead, and, and is able to, to send his son to die on a cross for our sins, that God is on our side fighting this battle for us. All we have to do is have faith. I would encourage you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that you would please look and comment, DM us, get in contact with us. We would love to walk you through how to have a relationship with Jesus because it's important. And I think right now in the circumstances and the situations that we have, we need warriors to raise up in faith and prayer, ready to, to call on God so that he can work. And to not lose uh, courage, to not be discouraged, to not be disappointed when we don't see God working in the time that we think it's going to be. I don't know how long this thing is going to last. I don't know how long we're not going to be able to meet. I do know this. Jesus knows. God knows. This is not surprising to God. This did not take him off, off balance. This did not uh, hinder his ability to work in our situations. We just have to call on him. We just have to believe him that he's going to do something incredible. Would you guys please pray with me uh, right now? We're just going to pray uh, uh, collectively together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the word that you've given us. I thank you that you are the God uh, 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 who knows yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lord, you have everything in the palm of your hands. Nothing is surprising to you. Lord, we pray that right now that you would work in the situations that are, are happening all across the world. Lord, the things that are affecting people from sickness and illness and disease, Lord, to job loss, to financial burdens, to situations... Uh, uh, that, that, that are plaguing people. Um, Lord, I pray for against depression and anxiety in this time. I speak against it rising as people are being socially distanced and, and isolated. Lord, I pray that people would not become depressed. They would not become anxious. They would be able to, to listen and, 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 and believe in you, Lord. I pray you would speak to us every day in your word. Lord, every single day, Speak to us. Bring us something new. Allow us to hold on to the promise that you are in control and your timing is good. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, thank you so much.
for listening uh, or watching whichever medium that you are on. Man, you can follow us on Facebook at LifePoint Youth. That's where this video is primarily being broadcast. You can also check out LifePoint Church's Vimeo account to find all of our devos, all of our backlogs, our Sunday services, everything like that. We also have a couple podcasts that I'm going to uh, ask you to check out as well. We have our LifePoint Youth Audio Podcast. Man, if this is a sermon that you want to share to a friend, but maybe you don't have a Facebook account or whatever, you can go onto our podcasting um, platforms across Spotify, Am- uh, not Amazon, uh, Apple, and um, Google Play and find those and share those. We also have a supplementary podcast that I host called Engaging the Culture. The last two weeks, we've been just diving into this COVID-19 thing, um, and it's been a lot of fun to uh, have that discussion. I hope that you are listening to that. Uh, If you aren't, it's Engaging the Culture with Josh Seaton. You can find that on Spotify right now. We're still waiting on Apple to to pick it up, Um, but yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, share this with a friend uh, if they need it. And, and, and just be encouraged with the fact that God is in control, man. And he's on the throne. And we can just pray and have faith in him. And he's going he's gonna to take care of us in this situation. Thank you so much for being with me. We will see you Sunday for our uh, live stream service.